Hello and welcome to this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jolie Walker, Grazia's Beauty and Health Director. In this podcast, beauty experts, influencers and celebrities share their five best beauty and well-being tips. From makeup to hair, skincare to self-care, we get all of the top tips, stellar advice and inspiring stories. We also, at the end of each episode, get our guests' biggest beauty blunder. So not to give too much away too soon, but today's one, uh, let's just say, really made my eyes water. Later in the series, we have makeup artist Jamie Genevieve, style influencer and brand founder Freddie Harrell, model Charlie Howard and more. Subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. So, time to bring in today's guest, an incredibly talented comedian and award-winning podcaster. Hello, I'm Deborah Francis-White. I'm a comedian and screenwriter best known for the Guilty Feminist podcast. Deborah's feminism, guilty or otherwise, certainly does not put her off beauty products. In fact, quite the opposite. Do you know what, Jolie? The patriarchy always takes the good stuff. What I do not understand is why they let us have makeup. I don't know. It's so good. You can conceal, you can reveal, you can play. Coming up, how online dancing lessons have saved Deborah's lockdown. It's the thing that got me out of bed. It made me get dressed. Once you start dancing to show tunes, it's really, really difficult to stay sad. And later, Deborah's bikini waxing horror story. She goes, oh, I'm just going to have to do it a bit higher on this side because it just doesn't match now. So it's a bit, oh, that's a bit asymmetrical. I'll, I'll do a bit more off the other side now. Oh, that looks a bit odd now. I'm going to have to do underneath. Oh, no, that's not straight now. Do you know what? I'm going to take a bit more off the top. And then finally, she looked down and went, oh, sorry, love. I'm going to have to charge you for the full Brazilian. No. And I knew I was British because I paid and I tipped her. I absolutely loved chatting with Deborah, so here she comes. Hello, Deborah, and thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Oh, Jolie, it's an absolute delight to be here. I've always wanted people to ask me these kinds of questions about beauty. And you know what? So few people stop me on the street to ask me. So this is my big opportunity. I was once stopped on the street in New York and asked, where did you get your hair cut? Oh, yeah? To which I replied... Paris. Oh, very chic, very chic. <laughs> the, the peak chic of my life. Now, I've had a lot of unchic moments in my life, and I need the listeners to know that, that 99.999% of my life moments have not been as chic as that, and many have been very, uh, too unchic for this podcast. Oh, I don't believe you. But that was, that was something. Excellent, excellent. Well, starting on a high, Deborah. starting on a high. Um, before jumping straight in there with your five pieces of beauty advice, I thought maybe I could just ask you uh, to what is your approach to makeup and beauty products like in general? Are you low maintenance, high maintenance? Do you like trying out new products? Oh, I love it. I love it so, so much. Do you know when I go into somewhere like Space NK, you know, when they have lots and lots of eyeshadow colors out and things you can play with and test, which you'll probably not going to be able to do again for the foreseeable because yeah, we're not allowed to dip our fingers in things anymore for obvious Alas. reasons. But when I see all the colours together, I can actually get heart palpitations. <laughs> now, I believe this is because of a gatherer instinct deep inside of me from the time when we were hunter-gatherers. This is my this is my assessment of what I think it is. It must be. Yeah. Like seeing all the different colours. I mean, it's sounding good so far, yeah. Yeah, like you, you know, that you get a sort of tingly excitement because, of course, if you were a gatherer, that would sustain your life. 
and I get it from uh, lots and lots and lots of beautiful colours of eyeshadow and lipsticks and things. But if I just buy one and then I go home, it doesn't give me the same thrill. It's the variety that gives me the and thrill. The, volume. the variety and the volume of it. There's something about it. And I've always been like that. I've always had very femme gender expression naturally and been drawn to it. I mean, I say naturally. That, what does that even mean? Artificially, because it's been imposed upon me by the power structures. But I, I was then drawn to it. Some women are like, oh, what do I have to do all that for? And I've never felt like that. I've always been like, bring on the sparklies. Bring on the joy of beauty. Oh, I just, I absolutely love it. And okay. do you know what? Do you know what, Jolie? As oh. a feminist, yeah. here's what I'm going to say. Say it. The patriarchy always takes the good stuff. What I do not understand is why they let us have makeup. I don't know. <laughs> they take all of the good things. Like power, you know, like when you look at the House of Commons and how long it took women to get the vote, like five or six decades, and then we had to blow things up. They hoard power. Patriarchy hoards power. And this is not me going, well, oh, men, you know what men are like. Plenty of men in this world have uh, little to no power over anybody except the women in their community. However, the patriarchal forces, the sort of big, big power boys, the big power structures that that favour the, the privileged, they take a lot of the good stuff. They really do. Think about it. Think it through. The good jobs, the the the, the influence, all of that, the shiny cars, whatever it is, they get it. Why did they let us have makeup? It's so good. You can conceal, you can reveal, you can play. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, Jolie. I, just, I looked into it. It's this. Men and women wore makeup. And when you think about restoration comedies and things like that, they were all had white powder on their faces and beauty spots and wigs. And, yeah. um, and then in Victorian times, went out of fashion for everyone, which they say was Queen Victoria being, let's be honest, a bit of a wet blanket. And only women took it up again. Only women oh. took it up again. And so men never took it up. And then it became feminine rather than masculine. But it, it was never unmasculine to wear makeup before. So what I'm saying is the patriarchy missed a trick and we're not letting them have it back. <laughs> No, I, I am in favour of beauty products for men, but I'm just saying that's that's what happened. That is what I'm, like, I'm enjoying the history lesson as well. I, it's 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 a fascination of mine. Fabulous. So beauty junkie through and through. Okay, so let's kick things off with makeup then, Deborah. What is the best makeup advice you've either ever been given or have to give? Okay, so on all of these, I've got two. I've got Europe Market. And then I've got your, uh, you're cheap and cheerful. You're accessible. Okay. Lovely. We like that. Now, my upmarket one, which actually I have to say cost per wear is extremely economical, but it is glamorous. I discovered only recently, only this year, through a makeup artist who gave me a bunch, something called Lola Lashes, L-O-L-A Lashes, yeah. uh, which you can find on Instagram at Lola Lashes Official. Now, what it is, and it's a piece of genius, and it's one of those things you might see a similar thing on Instagram and think, oh, is that really going to work? But really, I promise you, Lola Lashes does work. They give you some liquid eyeliner, and you can either do clear or, you know, like a big old, you know, 60s, lovely, beautiful liquid eyeliner. You pop that on. You do something else. Let's Let it dry. Then, then, I'm not making this up. You just put a lash on. That eyeliner is magnetic. Yeah, I was going to say, was it the magnetic one? Yeah, there's a magnetic strip on the eyeliner. And boom, you have beautiful eyelashes, but you've really not gone to any trouble. 
at all. I like the rose quartz ones because they're they're very subtle and they look like my real eyelashes. I lost some of my eyelashes because I did those, uh, what they call Russian lashes. They really messed with my eyelashes. So I'm trying to grow them back with some potion. But in the meantime, I am doing Lola lashes. And I actually think I'll do Lola lashes for life now. You've made them sound so easy as well. They are so easy because I really struggle with the regular ones that you stick on. They always look like I've stuck them on at a funny angle or something like that. I just can't do them myself. I love it if a makeup artist does them, but I can't do them. But these, honestly, you wouldn't know. They weren't my own lashes. And if you want a big party night out or a big party night in, <laughs> party night, if you've got a special Zoom where your friends are all having cocktails or something, there's ones called uh, Ruby, which, you know, are proper sachet away lashes. And there's everything in between. So rose quartz, if you just want to look, you know, sexy and fabulous and every day, you can wear them in the day. I did see a survey. Now, this is a real I'm a feminist, but I should not be listening to this. But, okay, this is a true thing I saw. There was a survey about, oh, God, I can't even believe I'm telling you this. This is such an I'm a feminist, but I'm so embarrassed, but I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but I once saw a survey that said what men notice. So, you know, if you spend ages doing your makeup and a, a straight man might not be able to tell they might think, oh, you look nice. But they won't know why. No, they've got no understanding. You could have a full hair cut, go from shoulder length to a bob, and they, they might not even notice that. I mean, it's, it's, it's poor work on their part. Now, hashtag not all straight men. Some straight men will notice, but a lot of them, I think we need to be clear, will not. And some of them don't even think you look more or less attractive. You go to all this trouble and they're like, eh, you look the same. The one thing they notice, and they don't know what it is, but they go, well in the two pictures of, you know, sex appeal pictures, I'm so embarrassed telling you this, is lashes. If you have... Is it? Yeah, bigger, thicker lashes. That's the one thing that apparently they go, I don't know why, but she's hotter. Whereas if you've done a lot of other stuff, they may not, they must go both both the same level of hot. Right. It anecdotally does ring true to me because I can see the difference if I do press shots as a comedian, the difference, big difference if I do lashes. And Lola Lashes has made that possible for me every day. Props to Lola Lashes. It sounds incredible. I've never used the magnetic strips ones. I've seen them on Instagram, and but I've not yet to use, and it's on my list now. And Deborah, can I just ask, you mentioned about eyeliner. Yeah. Now, is eyeliner your thing? Are you good at, have you got eyeliner nailed? I, I don't want to brag, Jolie, but I'm forced to. You've backed me into a corner. I am exceptional at eyeliner. To the extent where I can do it in the back of a cab. Oh, that's good. While moving. And I'm not very Blue Peter normally. I'm not very good. It's not like I've got those kinds of skills. I really don't. But I just got good at it when I was younger and decided it suited my eyes. So I've always been able to do it. Also, my right-hand woman, Gina, who works with me and is a bestie as well, she got me some Trini London Miracle Blur for Under the Eyes. Oh, yes. I love Trini London. Oh, the Miracle Blur, there's a reason you can hardly ever get it. It's absolutely exceptional. I did a gig with Trini. I did a, an event with her, a women's event. And she is very fabulous and supportive of other women. I used to love Trini and Susanna when they had their their program on the television telling women what not to wear. Because they were always very embraceful of women's bodies. Like they were very rude about their wardrobes. But they'd come in and go, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, well, you know, in the noughties, when 
the only fashionable thing to be was Kate Moss. And they would come in and they'd grab a woman's arse and go, look at that, that's fabulous. J-Lo would love to have an arse like this, you know, and they just, whatever you had, they would, they would celebrate through it. Yeah. yeah. And that was way before body positivity was, uh, or, or fat acceptance or these things were movements or there even was such a thing as an Instagram. So I, I always had a lot of time for Trini for that reason. And her miracle blur really does work. And actually somebody sent me a voucher for Christmas to Trini London. So I'm about to dip into oh. her other fabulous so you got to stock up. Yeah, I, I've been looking at it for a long time in that hunter-gatherer way. And she has these little round parts and you clip yeah. them all together and you just know that what's in them is so delicious. And brilliant. I'm a big fan of smudgy makeup that doesn't require much effort. So they're great mm-hmm. smudgy finger makeup. Pat on your cheeks, lips, smudge across your eyes, and yeah, good to go. Now, and my other, can I tell you my, um, this is my accessible makeup tip. It's by an amazing makeup artist called, uh, who I've had on The Guilty Feminist, called Mata Marielle. She is absolutely a genius, and she has become very well known for understanding the skin of black women. You know, a friend of mine told me, that somebody just disappeared, a makeup artist disappeared and came back and was putting cocoa powder on her face because she didn't have any... Any of um, her shades in her makeup. That's ridiculous. She didn't have powder for black skin, which is not acceptable. It's not okay. Absolutely not. But Mata Marielle is unbelievable at doing, doing makeup for everybody. And she started doing her own line. She, at the age of something like 20, was featured in Vogue. She's just a bit of a genius, to be honest with you. Her makeup tip for me was use a sheer cream lipstick as a blush. So say sometimes, you know, you've only got a few things with you in a bag and you think, oh God, and I'm always doing my makeup on the run. You just pop your your lipstick up on your cheeks and blend it in and there it is. And also something Matter told me, and you can see it on her Instagram, is she does a darker shade of lip liner than her lipstick and it makes your lips look really full and really beautiful perfect definitely going to be following okay and we've done makeup now skincare talk to me about your skincare advice okay I'm going to give you my downtown solution first I once read that conditioner a hair conditioner is amazing if you want to shave your legs so I keep a cheap conditioner because it doesn't have to be obviously your posh stuff that you got from the salon that you you're trying to make last you can get the cheapest most cheerful conditioner nothing is better for shaving your legs than that you will never cut yourself it's your legs come out smooth and silky it's really the best thing so don't go buying special shaving foam you just have it and it also means if you run out of your posh conditioner you've always got a little bit of conditioner on the side and it's always 3 for 3 for 2 at boots on those things exactly always. exactly stuff yeah nothing is better and i've tried using shaving foam in other times and it's nowhere near as good so so my uptown skincare is a bargy now oh yes and when i say a bargy i don't mean an onion bargy i mean O-B-A-G-I is the name of the product. It's a Bargy Vitamin C Serum, and that did change my life. Now, I've always had really, really dry skin, and there's nothing that I could do about it. I would go for a facial. Every time they'd say, your skin's dehydrated. It didn't matter what I did or didn't do. It was always the same. 
And since I've been doing the Abaji vitamin C serum, and I also use the moisturizers and the eye, the eye cream, there's got, there's like a, an eye rollable pen so that you're not like scraping the skin with your fingers. Since I used Abaji, my skin is no longer dehydrated. And that is a miracle, an absolute miracle. If I do it all the time anyway. I love that you said it's the serum that changed your life. It is the serum that changed my life. And did you switch up your skincare routine at all during lockdown? I know at the beginning of, you know, last March, my skin went a little bit crazy, whether it was a stress being at home a lot more with central heating. Have you been switching up your routine or have you stayed quite consistent? Well, I dare not deviate from the Abaji now because if you find something that works and that your whole life you've always had a problem, you stick to it. But I, what I do is I do it more regularly because do you know what? I really feel it. If I don't do it in the morning, sometimes I forget in the morning. I just, I would never forget at night because it's part of my routine, but sometimes I'll wake up and then I'll get on a call and I think, oh, I must do that. I can feel my skin getting so tight now and I have to go and do it at some later point in the day. So I do what I do, but I do it more regularly. I saw the really funny Raven Smith, who's brilliant, and he writes for Vogue a lot. Many of your Grazia readers will know him. He posed a question, I think, on Instagram saying, if your partner got kidnapped that night when you went home, like absolutely devastated and terrified for them, would you still do your skincare? (laughs) Would you do your routine? Like, I mean, you've probably got to go to bed, even if you're just going to lie there staring at the ceiling try and get some sleep so you can be back on the kidnapping case the next day. I have posed that to people since Raven said it and everyone's gone. And Raven said, oh yeah, I would. I mean, that's the one thing you don't, doesn't really matter what's happened. You still do your skincare. They can't do their skincare, but there's no reason for your, for your pores to suffer. Let's be honest. Right. So yes, yeah. Skin and self-care for sure. For sure. Okay, let's move on next to hair. Talk to me, yeah, about hair and your best hair advice. Oh, my best hair advice. Okay, so my accessible one is something I read in Grazia. Oh, good to know you're reading the pages. In 2014, and I have kept doing it, but I only do it once every three to six months. It's a milk and honey mask. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's one cup of full fat milk. This is not very good for vegans. Two tablespoons of organic honey and uh, two teaspoons of uh, neem powder. And you mix the ingredients in a bowl and you start from your tips leading up into your scalp. And then you put on a shower cap and you leave it for 60 to 90 minutes. And then you wash it off with lukewarm water and it gives a real shine and softness. Oh, I'm very into this DIY element. I've actually, yeah, I can't say I've done a DIYer. So that's your DIY. So if you're feeling the pinch because of corona and you've been furloughed or you know you've had your hours cut back or you've got no job at all now a milk and honey mask is something really good to give you a bit of lustrous lift if you're feeling the pinch um now i go to this is my upmarket thing is i go to a salon called four in london it's called four london and it's called four because four colorists the i think it was the four top colorists in london all left their salons and set this up together when you get your hair coloured, because I don't really need my hair coloured. I colour my hair the same colour as it is. It's just to give it a bit more dimension and a bit of a lift. It really does help the condition of your hair. You would think, oh, doing stuff to your hair damages it, but it really doesn't. I My hair is never healthier than when I've had a, what they call a veg smudge at uh, for London. But my colour, uh, my cut, 
was done by Tom. And so he recommended this product, which is by Wow, W-O-W. Yeah. Dream Cocktail Kale Infused. Oh, I love that stuff. And you just put it in, you just put in like a, probably like a 50 pence piece into your hair and leave it and you don't need to blow dry your hair. It looks beachy. It looks like a, a holiday beach wave, but I love that look. Welcome back, everyone. Um, and Deborah, we are going in for number four, advice on fragrance. Oh, Chanel Chance Eau Fresh is my fragrance. has been for years. It's just one of those where I think once you get a signature scent, it's really difficult to change. I think it's really nice if you leave the room, but your perfume doesn't for a little bit. Oh, yes. I love that. Definitely. Do you ever forget to put fragrance on? Or are you quite religious in wearing it every day? During lockdown, I don't bother so much, but I used to. I have a. The Chanel Chance Fresh comes in a little uh, handbag size, and I tend to get those and I refill them because obviously I want to be as environmentally friendly as possible. But I carry those in my purse and I top up through the day. The other thing, the other tip I have about scent is the best present is, you know, when sometimes you think, oh God, what do I buy for that person? It's my sister-in-law and it's Christmas and I don't know what she likes or I don't think she ever gets excited about my presents or whatever. Find out what scent someone uses, what their signature perfume is. Then you buy the bath oil or the body lotion because that's the bit they're not doing. They're buying their scent, their fragrance. Love that idea. Yeah, they're not buying all the other products because it's too expensive and it seems very indulgent. And they will absolutely love you because the scent builds. If you then pop on some of the body lotion for a night out, a party, or someone bought me once the Chanel Chance Fresh uh, shower gel, and I would use it, you know, on a Friday, Saturday night, and it made me feel so lovely. So that's my top tip for scents. So that's how you get in the good books. A hundred percent. Because, you know, when you get presents, you think this isn't really me. Even if they do buy the body lotion for themselves, you know, they're never going to not want that. And they're never going to not want a good old stock in the cupboard as well. Exactly. That's the kind of thing you stockpile. I like that. Self-care. Well, in the first week of lockdown, I thought I'm not going to cope at all. The, the original the original and the first lockdown, lockdown classic, I thought, well, I'm not going to cope at all. I'm, a, I'm an extrovert and I need people. That's where I get my energy. And so I thought... I'm going to learn something new and it's going to be something that's going to get me out of bed in the morning because I was really scared that I would just stay in bed crying and scrolling. So I'd always wanted to learn to dance. I saw a picture of Eartha Kitt and James Dean at a dance class, I guess in the 50s. Apparently James Dean had said to her, I want to move like you on stage and on screen. And so she'd taken him to a dance class. And I thought, I don't really like the way I move on stage. If I see myself on film or video, I sort of think I'm a bit, I'm very mentally quick and very verbally quick. I I always feel safe in that way. But if I ever get anxious, it goes into my body where I feel a bit held. I tend to tilt forward. So I booked in a dance class every single morning and I started learning to dance. It's the thing that got me out of bed when I just felt like I might not get out of bed it made me get dressed because you can't dance really in your pajamas. We well, can actually, but I felt like I owed it to the teacher to put on some leggings and a t-shirt and a sports bra. 
And even if I was in a mood or if I was feeling really sad or it was really rainy and dark, once you start dancing to show tunes, it's really, really difficult to stay sad. And then you're standing in the kitchen making a cup of tea. And I find myself practicing while I'm cleaning my teeth or around the house. I did a silver linings video where we filmed a lot of you know artists and actors and people like that saying what was their silver lining of lockdown. Tom Allen said he'd learned to box and we filmed him boxing and talking about that. And it was for Choose Love because lots of people didn't get a silver lining and some of those were refugees. So we did these films as an awareness and fundraiser for Choose Love. And I danced. I danced and I sang for my film, which is something I wouldn't have done a year ago. And so I was very pleased about that. And I, if you do anything every day, you do get better at it. And I think as grown-ups, we've already decided what we're good at and we're bad at, and we only want goes at things we're good at. If you say to a seven-year-old, do you want to try karate? They'll be like, yeah, but I'd be great at that. So true. Yeah. They'll be like, I'd be fabulous at karate. I've met, I've met a lot of people who can't draw, but none of them were five. I've never met a five-year-old who goes, I can't, I'm terrible at drawing me. And we <laughs> so were all true. five once and we all thought our drawings were so good we wanted them displayed on the refrigerator. Yeah. Now, either our motor skills have got worse or our embarrassment threshold has gone up. It's one of those and it's probably not the motor skills situation. So I think the best thing you could do for self-care is to learn something new. Put yourself back into that childlike state of exploring and being curious I couldn't do a body roll at all. I like, I really, really couldn't. And it frustrated me. Look at my chest now. It's got, look, so many moving parts. So many rolls. Yeah, it's like so many moving parts. And my chest used to be one thing. It would go here and here and here. But now I can feel it. Like I can, if I lie down, I can body roll lying down because I've got the muscles now to do it. And it's so much fun. Yeah. Deborah, you mentioned Choose uh, Love there a few times. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So Choose Love is an organization that supports refugees who are displaced. And refugees, you have to remember that they could be anyone. They, they're, they're me, they're you. Suddenly, if we had to get off this island, we would jump in a, in a boat and we would get off. If it was more likely we were going to die here than live somewhere else, we'd all run. And Choose Love is helping displaced people who are frightened, who've pitched up, who've had to leave their, in many cases, lovely homes, and now they're in a refugee camp with basics. So if you go to choose.love, you can buy a tent, you can buy a sleeping bag, you can buy a child's coat, you can buy baby stuff, you can buy mental health services, children's education services, and that will get there. So it's really worth doing that. Go to choose.love. I would hope that someone would do it for me if I were ever in that situation. And let's be honest, the way the world is, that could happen. Climate change, war, um, more pandemics. Who knows when we might have to run. And one thing, Jolie, that I I really understood better when I went to a refugee camp at the end of 2019 with my friend Josie Norton, who runs Choose Love, was how much how much beauty can be important to humanize you. If I personally were in a refugee camp and I just had to run with the clothes on my back and I didn't have much and somebody came along and offered me something that was in the line of beauty, I know that I would it would be something that would connect me to my humanity because a lot of, lot of times what happens with refugees is they're treated like as a as a monolithic group and not as individuals. And beauty is something that individualizes us where we go, oh, actually, I like this lipstick color or this moisturizer is nice for my skin. 
one of the things that women in refugee camps often ask for is conditioner, hair conditioner, because it's not something they're going to be able to buy for themselves, um, but it really matters. And I remember something that Steve Alley, who lives with me and my husband said, he's a Syrian man who was displaced and in a refugee camp for a a long time. And uh, he's very much family to us now. And he said, you have to remember vanity doesn't go, doesn't leave you when you get into a refugee camp. He told a story of a mutual friend of ours called Yusuf, who was a teenage boy who wanted his hair cut. And Steve had some battery operated clippers, but the batteries ran out halfway through. So he was trying to finish it with scissors. And Yusuf kept going, what, what does it look like? What does it look like? Show me, show me. Oh my God, is it terrible? Is it terrible? And he was like, don't think that you lose your vanity. You want your hair to look cool. He said, like, it's a 17-year-old boy. His hair's always looked cool. As I said, we might be a refugee one day. At that point, you're not going to lose your love of liquid eyeliner. You're not going to suddenly not care what your hair looks like. Beauty is a really individual and humanizing thing. We dismiss it sometimes and go, oh, it's not very feminist. And I'm like, I don't believe that. I think it's very feminist. I think it's very humanist to want to, you know, as little kids, you want to put something, you know, want to decorate your pencil case. We're decorators. That's what we are. We decorate our flats. We put up little personalized pictures and things like that. And beauty is just that. It's something that individualizes us and humanizes us. Absolutely. And uh, so brilliantly put, Deborah. Before we go, we do have the final question on your biggest beauty blunder. (gasps) Okay. So I was raised in Australia and then I moved to Britain as a grown-up and I went to uni over here. So sometimes people ask me if I'm more British or more Australian. And this was the day that I really realized I was more British than Australian, finally. I was back in Australia. I try and go back once or twice a year. And I went for <laughs> I went for a bikini wax. I only really liked the kind of bikini wax that just sort of tidy up what's outside your pants line. So I went to the lady and I said, oh, just just, just what's outside, just what's outside, you know. And she looked at me, she looked down at me and she went, oh, yeah, you don't want koala ears. <laughs> koala ears. Koala ears is when you've got hair outside your pants line, outside your nickel line. Right. She said, you don't want koala ears. And I was like, you are correct. Thank you very much. So she starts waxing. She starts, as we do, this strange ritual we have of someone pouring hot wax in a very sensitive area and ripping it off. Uh, So she starts doing it. And she goes, oh, I'm just going to have to do it a bit higher on this side because it just doesn't match now. So it's a bit, oh, that's a bit asymmetrical. I'll I'll do a bit more off the other side now. I just need to take that a bit higher. Honestly, oh, that looks a bit odd now. I'm going to have to do underneath because that's good. I just need to do a tiny bit more. Oh, I need to do a tiny bit. Oh, no, that's not straight now. Oh, just a bit. Do you know what? I'm going to take a bit more off the top. And then finally she looked down and went, oh, sorry, love. I'm going to have to charge you for the full Brazilian. No. And I knew I was British because I paid and I tipped her. her. And I thought that's really like paying someone to tidy your house, (laughs) coming home and finding they've robbed you blind, but thinking, well, I'll still pay because admittedly there is no clutter at all. There's no clutter down there. And I went home and it was like being a Barbie. It was really weird because liquid runs down your leg. It's so weird. There's nothing to kind of catch it, I guess. But do you know what? I got used to the smoothness and now I have Brazilians all the time. So that lady, weirdly. She changed your life. She changed my life. Now, I'm not sure it's for the better, but it feels, I love the feeling of being very smooth down there now. So I do tend to go for a Brazilian when we're not in lockdown. But do you know what? The first Brazilian I had after lockdown, after the first lockdown, I mean, it was really, I just let it all go. 
<laughs> the lady came in and she went, oh, this is very, she said, this lady came in and she went, this is very good. This is very good. And I went, why? And she said, I've seen so many home jobs and it really makes my job harder. She said, you've just, oh, really? it's going to take a while. So it's going to take a while, but it's going to be very straightforward because you haven't been down there plucking and with razors and home waxing kits. And she said, I've seen it all. I mean, it took her a long time. It was like deforestation. I think there were little elephants <laughs> in there crying out, please don't steal my home. But uh, <laughs> so can I recommend in lockdown, if you are one for the wax, do not touch it. Just let it go. Let it go. That was so funny. Thank you so much. I so appreciate your time. Oh, no, it was really good. Really enjoyable. Deborah Francis-White of the Guilty Feminist Podcast. How brilliant she is. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. If you enjoyed listening, please tell your friends about us. And as ever, with podcasts, please subscribe and give us a rating. It all helps spread the word. See you next time when we'll be chatting with makeup artist and brand founder, Jamie Genevieve. The most important thing with makeup is the fact it washes off. Have fun with it. That's one of my favourite ways to unwind is to sit at my makeup desk and like watch like a TV show or my favourite film or listen to music and really play with the, the way that I'm using my makeup.